0: I'm so happy to be here, everybody. Thank you for having me. Um, I have something really exciting to share with you today. I want to encourage you today. I want to remind you to dream again. Holy Spirit is calling us the dreams that he's put in our heart and the purpose. Every single one of you has a purpose for which you were born. And God has put those dreams in your heart, and he wants you to dream again. So let's pray before we start. Father, I just thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are already here with us, God, that you are welcome in this place that you are um, just ready to move on our hearts. Father, I pray that you would just anoint our ears, that we are able to hear exactly what you want to speak to us individually, Father, in this place. God, that you will just bring dreams alive again. God, put dreams in hearts, new dreams in hearts. Father, God, that today that you are rebirthing dreams, God, that your purposes will be established in the lives of your people. We just bless you. We welcome you. We honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So my text today is from Genesis chapter 37 all the way to 50, but don't be alarmed. I'm not going to read the whole thing to you, (laughs) so you don't have to worry. But it all starts with a dream that saved a whole generation starts with a dream that saved a generation to come. In Genesis 37, three through five, it says, now Israel, Jacob, loved Joseph more than all of his children because he was the son of his old age and he made him a distinctive multicolored tunic. His brothers saw that their father loved Joseph more than all of his brothers, so they hated him and could not find it within themselves to speak on friendly terms." In verse 5, it says, Now Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him. And you know what? Talk about messy families. Right? We all have mess in our families. You don't have to raise your hand. But I know that if you are in a family in here, you have mess in your families. Maybe you're the messy one. Maybe the person that's not here is the messy one. Maybe the one next to you is the messy one. Don't look at them or... You know, tap them or anything or point at them. But we all have mess in our families. And it even goes way back to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And this is his son, Joseph, that he's speaking of. And so you don't have to worry because you know what? God can still use you. He wants to use you. He has a purpose that he has placed upon you, that he's put in your heart, dreams that he's put in your heart, that he's put in your life so that you can dream again. And he wants to use you for those purposes. So, um, Joseph was a dreamer. He had a dream and he went and bragged it to his brothers. He's a teenager. So I'm imagining he was pretty cocky at this time, you know, and, and a little bit immature with his, with his ways that he kind of went to his family. And his brothers were older because they were his half brothers. And, and he was from his beloved, um, his Jacob's beloved Rachel. And so, Joseph went and and told his brothers, I had a dream and I about these grains. These grains are going to bow down to me. And they're like, who do you think you are? That you are going to, what, we're going to bow down to you? You think we're going to bow down to you? So right away, they're like, get away from me. You know, they didn't want to hear that. And so then he had another dream and another dream that said, well, the stars and the moon are going to bow down. And even his father's like, you're a little, I don't, I don't know about this. You think even your, that me and your mother, your, your family are all going to bow down to you? So verse 10, Genesis 37, verse 10, he told his father as well as his brothers, but his father rebuked him and said to him in disbelief, what is this meaning of this dream that you have dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brothers actually come to bow down to the ground in respect for, before you? But God had a plan. God had a plan because you know what? Even though we have mess in our families, we are all in need of a savior. God knew that. He knew that we were in need of a savior. And he placed this dream in Joseph's heart because he knew that one day that generations to come were going to need to be saved. And I'm sure at this point, Joseph didn't even know really what these dreams meant. Maybe he had a little glimpse of something like I'm special. He knew he was special. He knew he was a chosen one, that his father's honoring him and giving him these coats. I mean, imagine that in our blended families that we have, you know, probably in this room or that, that you even know of, that if, if you picked one child and just like favored them, right, would that, that would cause some serious mess. That would cause a lot of friction in your family. And so that's what's happening here. But you know what? God knew, he's like, just wait. Just wait, there's so much more to come. And so this story ends so good. It ends so good, but there's a lot of mess to go through. So you are the favored one. I want you to see yourself self as Joseph today because died, God died for you. Every single one of you, he died for you. Knowing the mess that we would create, knowing the mess that we would be in, knowing the, the mistakes that we would made, he said, nope, I still called them worthy enough. I'm going to die for them. I'm going to send my son to die for them. So you are the favored one today. You are the favored one. So his brothers hated him. The devil hates us, right? We live in a broken world. He came to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came to give life and life abundantly. And so we're not of this world. We're of a different kingdom. So we find um, Joseph in the story here. His He's with his, his father, and his brothers are out um, in the field far away shepherding the flock, and his father says, go and check on your brothers. I want to make sure, you know, everything's okay. They're doing what they're supposed to be doing. So he goes and checks on his brothers, and they see him coming, and they decide, you know what? We can't stand him. We hate the streamer. We're going to get rid of him. We're going to take him out. Let's, let's, let's just kill him. Let's rip that coat. We have a pit here. Let's throw him in the pit. And so they throw him in the pit. <laughs> And then they go eat lunch, which I think is really crazy. Go back and read it. I'm like, they really sat there and contemplated. Like, they're okay with him in the pit, and then they go eat lunch. Like, that's some serious, you know, hate towards our brother. But they, so they go, um, and they said, well, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't kill him. Our father loves him so much. We don't want to hurt our father. We don't want to put him through all this turmoil of um, pain and suffering. He really, really loves Joseph. So we won't kill him. Let's just sell him to these slave traders that are coming and, and get rid of him that way. And so they sell him to these slave traders. But you know what? Instead of, instead of killing him, they sell him. But God placed those dreams in Joseph's heart. So imagine Joseph at this point when he was in the pit and when he was being sold. He thought, God, you gave me these dreams. You gave me these dreams. I thought it was good. I thought it was, it was powerful. I thought I was like a chosen one in my family. But my brothers, are, are, they're trying to kill me. They're trying to get rid of me. The people that are supposed to love me the most, my own family, is trying to get rid of me. That would, that would pretty much crush your dreams right there, right? That would, that would crush your dreams. So we can't allow our circumstances in life to kill our dreams. And I know that might sound easier said than done, but I'm going to give you ways of how to do that because Holy Spirit is with us and he'll help us. But God has placed those dreams in your heart to fulfill his purposes in this world. God has put dreams in every single one of you the way he put dreams in Joseph to fulfill purposes, to save, literally save generations to come, literally save them. And so we've got to see it that way. We cannot allow the devil to steal those dreams from us, to take those dreams from our heart and to kill them, to stay in the pit. Now, um, I know that the pit is real. The pit of life is real and it feels real, it feels very real. It's very painful sometimes when we go through, we go through loss, we go through rejection, we go through um, relationships that are just painful, we go through um, sickness, right, illnesses. We have all of those things that we go through in life, and the pit is real, it's painful, but we can't stay there, we can't stay there, and we're not gonna let you stay there today. So, and maybe you know people that are there and we can't let them stay there. God is mindful of you. You fill his mind. Look at Psalm 8, verse 4. It says, What is a man that you are mindful of him? And the son of the earth-born man that you care for him. That pain might be real, but he will give you the courage to dream again. He will give you the courage to have faith and believe again. So number two, this will help you. Stay away from dream killers. You've got to stay away from dream killers to keep your dreams alive. And in Genesis 39, we find here um, Joseph is, he, he's sold to those slave traders, and then he gets taken to Egypt, and he eventually is sold to Potiphar, who is an Egyptian official. And Potiphar was pretty high up And so when he was in Potiphar's home, everything in Potiphar's home was blessed. And Potiphar recognized that in Joseph. He knew that is coming because of Joseph, because of the God in Joseph. And so that tells me that, you know what? Joseph didn't lose hope even though he was, he was almost killed by his own family, thrown in a pit, sold for nothing. Like they sold him for something like 20 bucks, you know, just, I don't know, comparable to what we are. And, and just got rid of him. And then he's placed in this Egyptian official's home and he finds himself, everything that he does is blessed. And so you can find yourself with hope and with courage and everything that you do will be blessed because you're holding on. God's promises. And you're not allowing dream killers to come, not allowing circumstances of life and keeping your mind fixed and focused on what God said. And I'm imagining that that is maybe what Joseph did when he went to prison. He kept on dreaming no matter what. So he was in this house um, and the Lord was still with Joseph. But while he was here, um, Potiphar's wife was Joseph must have been a good looking man because Potiphar's wife was like, "You know what? you should just come and, and be with me i want I want you threw herself on him several times and finally Joseph just said, "I'm out of here and ran, ran away from her, but eventually he did the right thing and eventually he still finds himself put back in prison, still finds himself so you would think at that point okay okay, forget it, I'm done, I'm done. You know what, God? You put these dreams in my heart, I'm done. This isn't working. You're not, You're, you, you gave me these dreams, you told me this, you sold me, now I'm in prison, I went to this house and now I'm in prison again. Like, what is going on here? I'm doing the right thing and nothing is working. Ever, anybody ever been through that? Yes, I think that we all have, we've been there. God, I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm praying and nothing seems to be happening, but it is. Don't give up, it is. It is. I remember when, um, oh, ironic. is about Massey. I was going to share his story. When um, God put a dream in our, in our heart. And so I probably was about 37, which is pretty much past the time they tell you probably shouldn't have babies past 35, blah, 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 right? And so I'm like, no, no, no. God put this dream in my heart. I'm going to take it and I'm going to run with it. I don't care what anybody else says, I don't care what doctors say. I don't care. I don't care. Troy's going to get on board in Jesus name. And so he's like, uh, you're crazy. Precious is growing up. We're going to be free. Hallelujah. Right. And so we, we finally, I get him to agree to let's, let's try and have a baby. And that didn't work. Not once, not twice, but three times and literally almost killed me. And so I'm like, okay, God, this isn't fair. You put this dream in my heart. I didn't put this dream in my heart. I didn't want a kid. What's going on here, right? I mean, I don't know if I'm the only one, but I'm sure that maybe not with a baby, but you've had those conversations with God before. Like, God, what's going on? Like, why? You put these dreams in my heart. You told me that, that my husband would be saved or my children would be saved or you would heal me from this sickness. Your word says it does. Don't give up on those dreams because you know what? Wait for the end of this story. I mean, it is amazing. Generations were saved because of this. And so we, we get through, um, finally, one day. And, it, and as much as I know Pastor Troy's preached this before here, too, and maybe he's even shared this. But I'm telling you, it was his idea to go and, and foster and so we, um, we go and Mary and, and Pastor Mary and Adrian were fostering first. And so we thought, let's do that. Let's, let's foster. You know, we'll go and we, we take care of kids all the time anyways. We have Joshua kids in and out of our home. Let's just go and foster kids and, and we can just bring them in our home and make a difference. Like this will be so powerful. And so we bring, um, Masi was our second little baby and he came to our home at eight months old. And so we got into a good relationship with mom and, and just blessing her and helping her and encouraging her. Um, and so when we got to church one day, she went, decided to have him dedicated, and she was able to come in, and have him dedicated. And when we got and met in the foyer, um, Brother Jim Johnson, who was one of our uh, elders from the time I was a little girl, like we were little. Like he's been there forever since I can remember, and he's in heaven now. But I remember he said they, we realized that was his great, great, great grandson. And we're like, no way. Elizabeth, his, um, his wife, That was she had already gone on, but they were prayer warriors. Yes, were. Prayer warriors in the kingdom. And I thought, God, look at what you did. Like she prayed for her children. Her prayers are still being answered. To this day, her prayers are still being answered. Look how powerful God is. She prayed for her kids. She prayed for her grandkids yet to be born that she didn't even get to meet, and he picked him up and placed him right there, and he got to lay hands on his grandbaby before he died, and dedicated him to the Lord. How powerful is that, right? Like, you can't make that stuff up. We get the phone call, will you take this little eight-month-old baby, and we're like, sure, of course, who did not sleep. Literally, I'm not kidding. I was like a nervous wreck for weeks and months because I'm like, I haven't slept. and I can't take this. But God's like, no, just hold on, hold on, hold on. And so, you know what? God is so good. Those dreams that he puts in your heart are not just for you. They're for other people. And I finally realized, God, you put those dreams because you knew that little boy needed us. You knew the prayers of his great, great grandparents in their room, in their secret place, in their time on their knees, tears in the carpet, all of those seeds sown were not just for us. They were for him. They were for generations to come. So I want you to hold on to those promises. I want to encourage you to hold on to every dream that God has placed in your heart because those dreams are purposes that he's placed there, and they will be established. His word will be established because his word is powerful. So Joseph finds himself in jail. But it doesn't stop there. His dreams, now he's interpreter of dreams. He's using what God has done in his heart and what God has done in his life to tell the dream of the cupbearer, to tell the dream of um, the, the baker who was put in jail from Pharaoh's house. And they get to go back. And two years later, which is pretty crazy, so they get to go back, but two years later, he's still left in prison. But for, his, for God's glory... God's glory to be shown. Joseph knows that it is all because of God. He did, he did not give up on his beliefs. He held on. He said, God is the one that interprets dreams, so I can tell you what's going on. Proverbs 19.21 says, Many plans are in the man's mind, but it is the Lord's purpose for him that will stand and be carried out. Joseph had to go through more, but even in the midst of his pain, God was still using him for his purposes to be fulfilled. God will use your pain. He will use your loss if you trust him enough to give it to him. He can take it and make something so beautiful out of it. God's purposes will stand. Number three, Isaiah 46.10 says, Declaring the end and the result from the beginning. From the ancient times, the things which have not yet been done, saying, My purpose will be established, and I will do all that pleases me, and fulfills my purpose. God knows your end, church. He knows it. He sees the beautiful finish. He sees the beautiful finish because you know what the beautiful finish is? Heaven. Heaven. And so I know that sometimes people haven't been healed here on earth, and we think, but God, I believed. I knew they were going to be healed. What's happening? I don't understand. But if they died in faith, they're healed. They're healed and whole more than you can ever even think and imagine what we even think on this earth is. And we'll get to see them in heaven one day. So God knows your end, and you can trust him. So meanwhile, the cupbearer goes back up. The baker, he didn't make it. So his dream was not so good. You can can go back and and read that in Genesis. But the cupbearer gets to go back, and he says, don't worry, I'm going to tell the pharaoh all about you, and we'll get you out of prison when I get back there. But you know what happens? Two years later, he's still down there. That's a long time. All of this time. But God, man... You said you were going to do this. Now these people, and now these people, which we can't trust in men, right? We've got to trust in God because they're going to fail us, and it's okay. They're just people. God will work on their heart. Don't get mad at people. Just keep your trust in God. And so if you've been waiting, if you're stuck in the waiting, I want to encourage you in the waiting. Just keep trusting him. Maybe you've been praying. Maybe you've been praying for your loved one you've been praying for a wife, you've been praying for a husband, you've been praying for a baby, you've been praying for that job, you've been praying for that person, you've been praying for that situation, don't give up. Because God is still with you in the waiting. God's favor will be on your life when you're trusting him and giving him that pain, giving him, giving him that, that you can trust him enough and have courage enough to believe his word. So meanwhile, he finally, Pharaoh has some dreams that are very disturbing. And he, Genesis 41, and he, he's finally remembered. I know someone that can interpret your dreams. It's Joseph. Oh, I forgot about him. Let's bring him up. So in God's perfect timing, they bring him back up. And he tells Joseph his dreams about the seven good years and the seven years of famine, which would have destroyed his entire family. His entire family would have been destroyed. And so going into those years of famine, his brothers come back because they find out, oh, there's food in Egypt because Pharaoh put Joseph over all of the food. He put him second in command over all of the land because he realized God's favor is on your life. And you know what? It doesn't even matter if they're not Christians. People that God puts in your life, when God's favor is on your life, you can't be stopped. You can't be stopped. And so don't worry about what people do or don't do because God is going to promote you. God is going to put you in places that his word will be established, where he wants you for his purposes in your life to be established. And so his family comes back. Um, Genesis 41, 41. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, "'See, I have set you in charge over all of the land, "'so keep dreaming. "'God is not finished.'" He is a God of providence and promises. And so chapters 42 through 50 are the family reunion. This part is so exciting because we see here how God orchestrates the actions of evil for his good purposes. He just orchestrates it and puts it all together. And And so his family comes back now. His brother's much more humble, right? They come back in need of something. They're not as big and bad probably as they used to. They're just trying to survive and save their family. And, And they don't even recognize him at first. But it goes back and forth a few times. But eventually, they finally realize, Joseph realized right away, these are my brothers. And I wonder if that at that point, it doesn't really say, at that point, he realized, God, you used me. You used all of this pain that I had to go through to save my entire family. My entire family. And you know what, church? It's worth it all, isn't it? If you were Joseph sitting at that point, all of that pain that you had to go through, all of that suffering that you had to go through, it's like, God, it's worth it all. What Jesus did on the cross, when he gets to see you, when he gets to see you and how you love him and you're up here worshiping him and the way that you're raising your kids, Josh, and you're telling your kids about Jesus and you're raising up and and Mila's sitting there, that's my daddy, it's worth it all. Jesus hung on the cross and said, you were worth it all. Every single nail pounded in and every single whip that he got in torn flesh, it was worth it all because of you. And so Joseph probably sat there and said, oh my gosh, I was this cocky teenager that thought I was somebody, but now my whole family is saved and you know what it's painful you guys i'm not undermining your pain because i know the pain i know the pain and and the fear and the almost literally dying right to have a dream just birthed out of your life but god you put that dream in my heart why am i why are why is it why is it being killed or almost being killed literally And then when you see God's orchestrating, his goodnesses will prevail. And he's like, nope, watch. I have it. Watch. I've got it. Trust me. Have courage to trust me. I'm putting it together. And he gets to see it by the end. It's like, God, only you can put this together. He's so good. He is mindful of you. Like it says in Psalms, you fill his mind. You fill his mind. And so we get to this point now where he gets to save his family. His whole family gets to come back. He gets to see his youngest brother, Benjamin, his father. They all get to live in the land of Goshen. And the promises that he gave his great-grandfather, Abraham, he said, you're, you're, the people, descendants after you will be more than all the stars in the heavens, all the stars and the, sand on the grains of sand on the seashore. That's how many descendants will come from you. And Abraham had nobody yet, nothing. So don't let the devil lie to you. And every time your thoughts get focused and you're looking this way or get unfocused and you're looking around and the pain is so gripping and it's so difficult, look up. Say, nope, I'm gonna look up. I'm gonna look up and I'm gonna stare at your promises, God. Because you said to Abraham, look up. And you know what? He's your father too, Abraham. Abraham. He's the same God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He crosses all the bloodlines. When he went on the cross, it crosses them all. And so it's time to dream again. You were created to impact this world, church. Through your family, to the people around you, it's time to trust again and love again. And the way that we do it is it's from his kingdom. Become childlike. Become childlike. Forgive, because Joseph had to forgive. He had to forgive a lot. He had to trust. He had to be able to trust in God so quickly. I love how kids forgive so quickly. They'll just like, you know, Massey's working on some things with impulses, and so he'll, he'll just pop, and then like, oh, what are you doing? You know, kids will hit each other or fight with each other, and then two minutes later, they're like, oh, you want to play? I love you. Let's play. Let's go play. And you're like, okay, well, you just hit them a second ago, but they're friends again. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to have childlike faith that we can just trust him, forgive each other, love each other, be forgiven, so that we can be about our father's business. Joseph was about his father's business. We don't have time. We don't have time to be about anything else. So go pick up your childhood dream again. And in closing, Genesis 37, verse 23, it says, when Joseph came to his brother's, They stripped him of his robe, the ornate robe that he was wearing. And the robe here represents a covering of the father's love. This life has tried to rip off your heavenly father's covering from you. But he's inviting you to come so that he can wrap you in it again. So just like the robe that um, Jacob put on Joseph, God wants to cover you with that robe. The robe of his love, his covering, his surrounding around you. And so circumstances of life might have ripped it off or maybe you took it off and you said, I don't want this. I don't want this robe. And you just kind of threw it down and you ran away from God. But you know what? You can pick it up. And if you can't pick it up, we'll help you pick it up and we'll wrap, we'll wrap it around you. And we'll let God love through us. And love other people with the Father's love again. We have this um, this book. It's Psalm one thirty nine book, and it, it's a children's book, and um, I read it to Masi a lot at nighttime. And it it, it just goes through the the Psalm one thirty nine, and at the it talks about I formed you in your mother's womb and your innermost parts. And and go back and read. It's a beautiful. Um, imagery of the way that God loves us and how we can't get away from him but at the end it says look in my heart God see if there's anything in me that's not of you and so it has it's like a, trans, a lot of translucent um, images in the illustrations and so you can see this heart inside of the person and there's a heart and Massey just loves that part and so one time at, at night in his bed um, he said I want to hear your heart so he got it really close so he could hear my heart. And when he heard it, he looked up and said, oh. and he was so excited because his face, like it just lit up because he's like, I hear it. I hear your heart beating. And then he pushed my ear down so that I could hear his heart. And he pressed me up against his chest. And I'm like, oh. he's like, do you hear it? Do you hear it? And he got so excited because I could hear his heart. And you know what? That's what the father is calling because you can't hear my heart from where you are, not even in the front row. You can't hear it. The father's calling you to come up close, come up close to him and hear his heart. Hear his heart for you. And he wants to hear your heart. But we can't do that unless we come close to him. So maybe, maybe today you need to um, you're the brother in the story. The brother that said, "You know what? I'm going to kill his dreams. I can't stand that guy. We're going to get rid of him. <laughs> and you were you killing the dreams. And you need to forgive. Or maybe you're the Joseph in the story. Right? And you need to realize that the enemies come to steal, kill, and destroy. But... Jesus has come to give life. And that's what we hold on to God's promises because we just read it in his word that his promises will stand and they will be established. He's not a God that he can lie. He cannot lie, church. You know what's so cool because when we were, um, before I came this morning, we have this little um, screen thing that that shows pictures and our memories. And um, Elder Chuck, when we were out here, It was, I don't remember even how long we've been here, but we came to to look at this place and this building, and Norma is in the picture, and Chuck, and we have a picture of them standing at the front here on the sidewalk right outside, praying over this place. That was a dream, right? It started in your your gym. We were sweating back there. I know you guys were there, Todd and Tammy and Jeff, we were all, Kevin, we were many more of you sweating in the gym. And, and just seeking after God and, and being together. But that was a dream. That was a dream that God put in the hearts of his people. And that dream that he puts in people's hearts will be established. It will happen. And so either way, that either whether you're the brother or you're Joseph, I want you to have courage to trust again courage to believe in God's word again. Come close to his heart and hear his heart beating for you. If you can stand up, everybody just stand up with me. I want to pray with you because there's dreams, there's generations to come, there's there's babies that aren't even born yet that need you to dream again. They need you, church. They need you to be strong, no matter what, to hold on to the horns of the altar and don't let go, to believe God's word and not compromise. Because sometimes our own compromises have put us in that pit. Honestly, I've been there too. Our own distrust have put us in that pit, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. God wants to pick up that robe and cover you with it again. When we can lay it at his feet and say, God, I give it to you. I give it to you. And I want that robe. I want to be covered in your love. I want to have courage to trust and dream again in you. Father, I just pray right now, God, that the dreams that you have placed in every person's heart here, God, every dream, Father, that you would awaken it. God, that you would birth even new dreams in their lives, Father. I just pray for their families, Jesus, I just thank you, God, that they have courage to trust again. God, that they will forgive. God, that they will be able to be forgiven, that they will feel your love, Lord. The love of a father that you are surrounding them today, that you are wrapping them up in that robe, Father, that robe of love from the heavenly Father, your robe of righteousness, God, that we are in right standing with you, Father that you are covering us God I just thank you God that you will you will allow us to hear your heartbeat Your heart beating for us God Every person in here that they will just feel your love they will feel your presence your strength your courage God today Father, I pray that if there's anybody in here, anybody watching, God, that doesn't know you, Father, that hasn't received you as their personal Lord and Savior, that they would make a decision today to accept you as Lord in their life. So church, just pray with me in your heart. If you you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you haven't, pray with me. And if you have, pray with us for everybody that's in here or watching online Father I just thank you God that you died on that cross for us that you knew before we were even born that we would need a savior we come to you Jesus we thank you for the cross thank you God for dying for me calling me worthy enough Father to die for Thank you, blood of Jesus, that covers every sin, every sickness, God, anything broken in our lives. Father, your word says that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that you are Lord, God, that we will be saved. So we just thank you now, God. We accept you into our life as Lord of our life. Be Lord of our life, Jesus, in every area. And Holy Spirit, come and show us where we need to serve you, God, more. What we need to lay down, Father God, that we can be closer to you, that nothing will be in the way. Father, of us hearing your heart, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We bless you, Jesus. I want to close this service, but if there's anybody that would like to come up for prayer, our altar team is here today to pray with you, to get that robe and wrap it around you, to pull you out of that pit because we're not going to leave you there. Or if you have a prayer request for somebody else that you've been praying for, don't get stuck in the waiting because God is there with you. He's there with you every second. He's there with you. And I want to challenge you this week to get up close to Him. Don't let a day go by. Don't even let, like, I don't know, go as many times as you can up close to his heart all day long. Because even once in the morning and once at night, man, it's not enough. The world coming at you so much. Just get up close to your Father. And hear His heartbeat for you. So if you need to come up, altar ministers are here. If you want to pray with anybody. Thank you for being here. I just pray that you have a blessed week. Live right. Love everybody. And you guys know. (laughs) Love you. Bless you.